Hello, everyone, and welcome back into Table Talks. I am the illustrious Samuel Capic, filling in for my sickly co-host, Michael Merritt. In three or fewer words, Mike, how are you feeling? Dumpster fire. There you have it, folks. So this <laughs> week, <laughs> but but how have you been, Mike? It's been it's been approximately one week since you looked yeah. at me. Yeah, yeah, one week since you looked at me. Oh, I'm doing all right. Uh, sinus infection aside, <clears throat> which everyone, I'm okay. I went and got a COVID test and everything. Um, I'm also vaccinated, so like yeah. it wasn't a big, it wasn't very likely, but I just want to make sure. No, everything's fine. I just have a sinus infection, you know, yeah. which sucks, but eh, what are you going to do? Yeah, it's gross. They are never fun. No. But. This week is something that I'm very excited for because it's oh, yeah. the very first step to every D&D campaign. We're talking about Oop, character whoop. creation today. Hell yeah. And we're going to talk a little bit about some tips for making a good character that's going to be fun to play and fun to role play yeah. at the table. And then we're going to be a couple of old D&D players and reminisce about some of our older <laughs> characters for a little bit. What made them good? What made them bad? Oh, Did they die? Yeah. Yeah, they have a tendency to. Which is almost universally for me. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, they did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mostly for me, uh, my characters get killed by Mike. So. Hey, that's what I'm here for. There you go. <laughs> so, the first step for character creation, you got to come up with an idea. You have to come yeah. up with the hook or the gimmick for your character, whether that's a little tidbit of their backstory, maybe. Maybe a bit of a, a personality trait that they have that you don't see very often. But if you're a more experienced player and you're looking for something fresh, there's always character generators and they can come up with some really wacky things that'd be fun to <laughs> that'd be fun to play, like a paladin who feels very strongly about certain kinds of cheese. Mm. And a lot of times, those very silly character concepts can end up blooming into a full, really cool character. Like, I'm sure that we've both seen characters that join a campaign and we're like... The well, joke character. Yeah, the joke character with, like, a funny name. You know, it's a little bit of a dick joke in there. And then they end up being, like, they turn into this super serious, you know, very important character. And, and that player, some, a lot of times, ends up being uh, the best role player. Oh, absolutely. For sure. They put in, a, they almost always put in a lot of effort. Yeah, it's, it's like, why did you, yeah. why did you create this stupid fucking character? Well, and then just go off the chain with your, yeah. with your role play. <laughs> I feel like having a little bit of a silly character idea does help, though. It can Breaks help. the ice. Yeah, it helps people really get an identity for their character, which is very hard to do when you start up a new character. Like, if you listen back to the first few episodes of uh, Brutal Critical, none of us really knew how our characters would behave. And yeah, so having, that's true. Pardon me. So having okay. a little bit... I just had to burp. Oh my. And it's gross. But no. having something that's a little bit more of like a concrete trait to your character can really help you, especially early on playing. For uh, making sure that you're able to fully participate at the table. And I don't know about you, but um, I enjoy when people do their backstory uh, with a lot of like loose ends in it. Not necessarily open-ended, but like add threads for me to pull on so that I can maybe add parts of your backstory to the campaign. Yeah, absolutely. You don't want to make a character whose character development is already done. Because 
they've already they've already had their arc before even playing. Yeah. <laughs> that's like having a movie that's entirely just post credit scenes. Yeah. You know? It's, you mean uh you mean Black Widow? <laughs> I haven't seen it. I don't know if I will. But <laughs> Oh, am I getting am I getting roasted in the questions channel already? No, K uh, K squared said I have loose threads because I'm super lazy and don't want to flesh it out that much. Honestly, if you come to your DM with like a rough idea for a backstory, a lot of times they'll be cool and they'll help you write it and they will honestly help you shape it into something that they're going to enjoy working with. And so right. you get a lot more character development out of it. Given if you just write nothing at all, it gets a little frustrating because now you just have a piece of paper with some numbers and a name on it, which isn't very fun to roleplay. But having a somewhat fluid backstory and being willing to workshop it with your DM will just help make your make sure that you have that much more fun at the table and that everyone else can watch your character grow up along with you. My character Bambo is just waiting in the wings. Dear can Arcane Archer. Oh god. Those, those characters are always fun. I do love so upset right now. I do love the cameo characters. Who am I? I? Your worst nightmare. Okay. I love the occasional player who just brings <laughs> Brings a Warforged Robocop. To oh, the table. man. If they were the they, Terminator. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it's great. Uh, <laughs> um, <clears throat> played a Wallace and Gromit for a little bit. That's amazing. Yeah. An what artificer. Uh, so, with your character in the main campaign, Fwester. Uh, you and I like workshopped the shit out of him uh, and his backstory. Yeah, I had uh, a a general idea of the vibe I was going for with his backstory, and then you were like, "Oh, it'd be really cool if like this is what was up, you know, if this was his backstory and this is why he is where he is now." And I'm like, "Ooh." <laughs> Because that's kind of our job, yeah. like, is to provide that extra, that extra, like, zest to the story, to the, even the character's backstory. Because uh, not every player is a writer. Not every player can can do that kind of thing. Some do, and some do it really well, yeah. and they don't need any help. But some, you know, they need help, and that's what we're here for, man. Like, yeah. and as a just, player, just having your DM show interest in the character that you're making and wanting to help you make the best backstory that you can. Yeah. It's always just nice because you know, like, all right, this is going to be a really cool character. My DM is now invested in the character, which is nice. It's nice to have a DM that does care about the player characters as well. Yeah. Because then things happen. Um, so what's your, uh, What's your preferred way of rolling stats, Sam? That really depends on the campaign I go for. If I am running a game or playing in a game that I know I want to be for a higher power level. So particularly with either mostly lower experience on the player scale, I'll roll for stats. I'll do the 4d6, uh, reroll ones and drop the lowest. Mm. But if I'm running a campaign with a lot more experienced players, I will actually do point by. I don't like point standard by. array. See, I like standard array for uh, new players. Yeah. Because it's super easy for them. Uh, they don't, you know, or if you're doing something like our show, uh, it's super easy for everybody to figure out and kind of adjust what their strengths are and everything so you get this really nice blanket like yeah uh you get an all-around cast instead of you know four people who are really good at one thing um right and even then there's some holes in it obviously because you guys are understaffed yeah uh i just think but, that 
in my opinion, standard array is a little too cookie cutter mm, for my life. Yeah, I can I can see that. Because see that. at least with point by, you know, you could have like one or two stats that are at 15, they're bumping, you're really good at dexterity and charisma, but you suck at everything else. You're bad. <laughs> You've got like a 10 or lower. Standard array is the way to go, period. Although I do wish that I do wish they would need it some. More interesting role play happens around failures. I completely agree. That's true. The they would nerf it some. Oh, they yeah. would nerf it some. I think we've uh uh Battle Bard, I think we've by the way, Battle Bard's in the audience, everyone, and uh Ooh. go buy his dice, they're amazing. Um Big Facts. Yeah. <laughs> he said huzzah! <laughs> uh, he's he's making us dice, and his dice are amazing. So anyway, uh, I think I think we've talked about this before, Battle Bard, uh, with the uh, the home game and everything. Uh, and I know Sam and I have talked about it. The yeah, nerfing yeah. of of standard array maybe have more more negative, like one more negative number. You know what I mean? Like make half of your half of your uh stats bad your ability yeah. scores bad and half of them eh, are, uh, good yeah. i mean you're level one you're especially level one you're you ain't shit yeah, <laughs> exactly you're just a dude you're, yeah you're you're a surf that found happened to find a great sword like don't get it twisted you yeah. know you're a priest that happens to be extra religious you know yeah, um, your god spun a wheel and it landed on you. Yeah, great job. Now go get better. Um, here's the thing, though. Mm-hmm. Um, now this is going to be controversial. You're not going to like it. Oh, jeez. I think that they should increase the level cap. Yeah, I think so. Because. They've got CR 50 monsters now. Yeah, That's, exactly. That is a mind-blowing... Like, if a CR... Uh, what's... What is the Tarrasque? It's CR 25, right? I believe so. I don't or know. Or CR 30. It's one of them. It's up there. Um, that's a world-ending event. I can't even imagine what a CR 50 monster is. It's supposed to be like... It like, eats yeah, it, it munches on them. Uh, why not increase the level cap and really, really go hard on those characters? Yeah. And that leaves them enough time or enough space to uh, create some really high level play. Wizards of the Coast, yeah. I mean, they as, they as Wizards of the Coast. Like add prestige uh, classes or something. Yeah, and make it real. Because I know that you can prestige, but like make it real like better. <laughs> you know what make I mean? Make it good. Make it good. Don't yeah, stop add it. like essentially similar to archetypes, but have it yeah. where instead you have to of reach just level like twenty. A, yeah, you reach level twenty and it's like boom, you have reached like this pinnacle archetype for your class. Like your fighter yeah. is now like human artillery with a bow, or your barbarian is like just the, the iron giant. <laughs> yeah. So like, it's really, I mean, it's getting a little bit off topic with this, but like a little bit. But yeah, it has to do with making characters or something. I'm sure. Yeah, something like that. We're just getting back into stuff that we want to change. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a habit. It's a habit. I can't help it. This D&D is so much fun, but like, there's a couple of things that we just need to... If you're not willing to criticize a, something that you love, do you really love it? You want to see it be no, the best you, that it can you be? No, you worship it. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't criticize something you love, you worship it. And Big facts. That's not that's not okay. We don't worship D&D. We just play it and we yeah. just love it. Um, Very true. <clears throat> so let's talk. So about, I go. Oh, sorry. I go with standard array for new players. 
I've never used point by. I would like to. I don't know how it really jives, but yeah, something I've learned that I absolutely hate is rolling our own uh, scores. Because yeah, you could get something pretty well-rounded. I can get an 18 and then get a six. Hey. But somehow, some way, something happens and everybody everybody's getting like three 18s which is just astronomically disproportionate to the odds and it's hard to call your friends out for being like hey don't don't fucking lie to me (laughs) i if i do rolled stats i watch them roll yeah you know yeah that makes sense i just don't you know it, it creates a lot of imbalance when definitely can when what you want is for your your players to be balanced in different directions you know what i mean like you know you want the barbarian to be beefy and the wizard to be a, a limp wrist you know like you want him to have noodle arms yeah and that's fine because the barbarian is covering for the wizard you don't want you know you don't want a fist wizard no that's just a monk (laughs) (laughs) way of the four elements monk i cast fist yeah but all in all (laughs) more dms learn and use point by it gives you the balance of standard array but with the variety of rolling for stats all right all right i'll learn it fine it's easy everything's eight you got 27 points every point above eight costs one point there you go sounds you buy your points <laughs> yeah yeah there sounds you go right. we got sounds there like, it sounds like fallout yeah it's pretty <laughs> much just fallout or like most other rpgs where you have like yeah. a, like skill points and you just oh. put one at a time and you're certain baldur's gate 3 does that it's a point by system yeah baldur's Basically. gate 3 is a it is a point by system i think they change it up a little bit it's like because the everything's everything's ten though. Yeah, everything's ten, and then there's less points with which to buy. Yeah, I think that, but you can still drop it down to eight, which is the yeah you can reallocate. And yeah, fifteen reallocate. is the maximum for point buy, so you're still fitting within that standard array. But you can uh, variable. You can twist and turn it Indeed. to fit. You know because. Barbarian doesn't have to be good at charisma, intelligence, and wisdom when they can be good at dexterity, constitution, and strength and just yeah. be, a, be a blockhead. Yeah, their body real good. Yeah. So, real quick, what is your kind of uh, methodology or your routine when you make a character? Um, I actually just did this for home game. Nice. Um... And it's gonna sound weird, but the last thing that I do is plug in my rolls. Still weird um, to me. Yeah, I know. But here's the thing: is like I get everything else on the sheet, everything else. I put down all of the abilities for whatever level we're we're at. In this case, level three. I, you know, I put down my hit dice. I do all of my equipment, everything that has to do with it, all the way up to level three, and then I level up the uh the stats okay so i'll put in my basic based on what he is and who he's become as i've created this i then put in the numbers based on that and then uh i add with in that iteration i can add all of his like racial features and you know his his class stuff that he gets as he goes up and uh his his background additives and all of that instead of writing all that in and then doing the character and then having to go back and erase everything and do it again yeah basically i just enter it once all right uh, i'm more of a i'm more of a have a scratch sheet of paper on the side kind of guy and just oh, do yeah. the math over there as i'm going sure sure i have a yeah. i have a fillable pdf so <laughs> oh, all right, look at you, Mr. Fancy. I like to Listen. stick to the roots 
I say as Fwester is actually just on my phone, but all right. <laughs> Listen, guys, don't shy away from electronic character sheets. They are great. Do you want me to send you that PDF? Because it's awesome. I think I have a couple. And if not, yeah. I can I can find I need one. to get an update for this one so I can put pictures on it again like I used to be able to. I think it got out of date. Yeah. And I can't put pictures on it anymore. Well, what's the point? No, well, I wanted a picture of my character and then a picture of his religion and stuff. So, All right. like the symbol. And I can't do it. It's bull, it's <laughs> bull honky. Trash. Throw it's it out. Garbage. Uh, what? So you do it the opposite. You put down the numbers and do all the math on the side and then put yeah. everything in. Yeah, I will first decide on what my class and race are and then I'll plug in my stats and I'll do the math for the race and then I will go through up until the level that we're at when we start the campaign mm. and just go ahead and mm. change and add in all of the modifiers for that um, as well as background. I usually do background last mostly because I wait until I have like a real real firm grasp on who my character is before I plug it in. Because a lot of times I do start with a very loose, like a cup of idea, and I gotta wait for it to reduce down to a solid character sauce, if you will. Mmm. Yummy. Sounds then, delicious. Yeah, and then I choose Add my background. Paprika. Pinch of salt. Mmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that makes sense. It makes sense. How do you feel about custom backgrounds? Like working with your DM to make a background? Um, I think they can be really rewarding. Yeah. Uh, and I, as a DM, I absolutely don't mind doing custom backgrounds. Um, they're fun. They And they're flushed out. If you can't find like that perfect background for your character and you really want one, I'll always customize a background yeah. with you. Like, there's... It takes, it takes no time. It allows you to stretch your creative muscles and really figure out where you came from. And uh, I mean, yeah. there's a there's a hundred backgrounds now, but it, they still don't cover all your bases. You know, yeah, some of exactly. them are actually a little too narrow. Yeah. Like, um, like a, what is it? Haunted one or hunted one? It's like, I mean, there's, there's the, the haunted one. Uh, uh, what's the... The Hollow Man. Those are two of the same basic things, but they're it, the difference is, is that they're for two different campaign settings yeah. only. Yeah, there's criminal and there's charlatan. Yeah, actor. Like, yeah, actor and entertainer. But, there's all sorts but of then you overlaps. Get, well, and then you get to the really, really, really specific ones. Like, like the ones that only exist in Ravnica. You know? And wouldn't make any yeah. sense outside of the outside of the Ravnica campaign. Is it setting. inventor in Faerun? Huh? I mean, yeah. I'm sure that if you're there's ways you could story it in, but sure. And then there's like but, urban bounty hunter, and it's like that's a little even in yeah. Faerun. That is a very specific background. That's a very specific set of skills that you just acquired there. Yeah. <laughs> and you uh, spent your whole life learning how to hunt people in a city. Yeah. Now as as they leave that the makes sense. That makes sense for the campaign setting that the urban bounty came from. Bounty hunter came from, which is Eberron. Yeah. Uh, because you know, in a city like Sharn, now we're really getting into it. We're going outside of the Forgotten Realms here. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, in Eberron, uh, there's a mega city called Sharn. Think like, think like Judge Dread, uh, style, like Mega City One, like this huge, this huge city that's just built straight up. You know, it's and they've got floating portions of it. It's it's all sorts of crazy. Um, actually, based a, a recent city that my home game played in off of Sharn from Eberron. Ooh. Uh, yeah, big Elven city. You do know how I love floating cities. Yeah. 
the rich all live on these big floating islands and stuff and in these dirigibles this is in sharn uh and like there's a whole cast of people that live on top of like on top above the city in the clouds uh in the cloud islands and stuff it's man i love eberron as a campaign setting oh it's It's, great it's so great uh it's so different and i'm thinking we might uh we might do one of our seasons there thinking yeah i'm thinking like it'd be really cool to do to do just like an open-ended um campaign setting for that one because that one's doesn't really have um it doesn't have like a set module it's a it's a setting book that has everything in it so i would craft an adventure myself it would be our first homebrew on the channel Like for real, oh, yeah. for real, homebrew. That get me uh, excited for that, but we have crossed the bridge into world building. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's I'm all sorry, good. Sorry. Sorry. Half of this show is us just t- kind of talking about what we want to, and then the other half. So far, is, everybody likes it. So. Yeah. The other half is actually, you know, talking about the thing that we named the episode after. Speaking of what we named the episode after, do you have any particular character that you used to play that you are fond of? <laughs> You've met him. Ooh. Uh, Thanlin Umberdon. I love that character, man. Yeah. When he was an actual character and not the antagonist of an entire series of uh adventures. Campaigns, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh so with Thanlin, what happened was he's this uh he was this moon elf uh Basically, he was a sword fighter before he wasn't a fighter. He was a dexterous sword fighter before Swashbuckler came out. Um, and he uh, and kind of an assassin at the same time. Uh, he did These a lot of happen. backstabbing. Yeah, he did a lot of backstabbing and like sneaky stuff. He was very dexterous and very much like the uh, ha you know, three musketeer style fighting where they're using the environment and stuff. Um, he was also chaotic neutral and followed his kind of own path. Uh, and we got up to, it was a homebrew campaign and we got up all the way to level 20. Uh, and what happened was, is we, we basically made a deal with death, like the Reaper himself. And it was like, you can ascend, uh, you can ascend beyond this realm and be forever happy. You can gain the ultimate power or you can return and live out your mortal life in the happiness and contentness until you you pass on to the afterlife and um, we each chose a different path and uh, Fenlin chose power because he grew up as a waif in the streets uh, and he'd been through this entire adventure and his this whole character arc had played through but the one thing he could never shake was you know, he he always felt weak and he always wanted to be more powerful and to have a giant entity like that uh, offer him unlimited power was was too uh, too juicy to yeah. uh, to to let go of. And so he took it. Um, but as with all deals with extra planar entities and things like that, there was a dark side to it. Yeah, it went sour. It did, and he became um, basically a, an evil demigod. Um, basically the exact opposite of what he was before. Um, a chaotic, evil monstrosity. Uh, not dexterous at all, trapped inside a huge set of armor with big, clunky swords and, and really powerful magic. But uh, yeah, he wasn't... He was he was basically cursed with power and this like malicious intent on killing basically everything that moved. Uh, and yeah, that's I mean, what a character arc. But yeah, I know. I was going to say shit. Not what you had planned when you made him, I'm sure. No, no. But at the same time, like, I think it's one of my favorite character arcs because one uh, I made a monster stat sheet of him after that. 
and used him as a villain in y'all's first home game with me. And uh, I loved him. I mean, I still love him. I still yeah. think he's just the best character. Uh, snappy and quick, but like using his humor to kind of disguise how much he's hurting and how badly he's doing. Oh God, um, this sounds familiar to a different well, character. Huh. Weird. Everybody, uh, well, everybody uh, says they put a little bit of themselves in uh, in their characters. And at that time, I definitely was. I definitely had superimposed a little bit of what I was going through in life into a character. And to this day, like, still one of my favorite characters of all time. I have a bunch, but yeah. still one of my favorite characters of all time. What about you? Well, mine is a character that I only got to play for three sessions. Funny enough. Oh. It is not the one you're thinking of. It's not uh, Aaron, though he is still very close to my heart. Aaron Abutaratsu. Indeed. Played him since middle school, but... Yeah. I still have as many. Oh, jeez. Yep. Saved on Hero Forge. Woohoo! But maybe he'll make a cameo in one campaign. Who knows? But... Maybe. <laughs> the maybe character that... Yes, he is. <laughs> uh, and this time he isn't. But nope. I'm getting off track. Uh, the main character that I love the most and wish I could play more is uh, Jareth Oakbrook. He was a gunslinger like... fighter from... Oh. Yeah, he's from Goldcliff. And his father was an inventor. And he ended up developing firearms. But he ended up disappearing on an adventure. And so Jareth was growing up alone with his mother when one day a Harper showed up and had heard oh. about this crack shot from Goldcliff, who was a little a little sneaky and a little mischievous, but they ended up bringing him in and he ended up uh, being in charge of recovering artifacts for the Harpers that they don't want falling into the wrong hands. And so he was on one of his first missions when he ended up running into the at the time party and mm. yeah they ended up bailing him out of uh, getting it a little bit over his head he was trying to bail him out yeah he was trying to steal an <laughs> artifact from a goblin camp um, and one of them had snuck up on him actually and pulled the gun out of his holster without him noticing and fired it. It missed him, but it let every single goblin know exactly where he was. <laughs> so that's that's how oh, he no. got that's how he got introduced to the campaign. And ever since then, I just loved him. He was like this very kind of cheeky, you know, a little bit a little bit up his own end. Uh, he's a uh, he's an Owen Wilson in Shanghai Nights. A little bit, he's yeah. A, a little cocky. Gets himself into some less than usual or some unusual less than great situations but like a star lord yeah but he always star kept his lord. head up or kept his chin up about it because of course he'll think of a way out of it he just needs his goddamn gun back from that little goblin uh, <laughs> I'm the protagonist damn it <laughs> speaking of that I had uh, the magic of friendship and this gun I found I had a character that um that I agreed with the DM could be a, a Deadpool style character, not in like he's a crazy swords guy that cusses a lot and shoots people. Um, but he's he's a fourth wall breaker. And so he okay. like he'll like stare off at the camera and like talk to somebody in the room with us. And so he knows it's all a game. Uh, and he was um, Oh my goodness. Let's see. Nope, that was the psionic. Uh, he was, there was another one that was kind of like that, but didn't break the fourth wall. Oh, uh, he was a pyromage, ah. uh, a, uh, a fire sorcerer kind of guy. And he, um, he was, hilarious he was basically the the party's uh comedic relief yeah every party yeah. needs one yeah that, like... that was him 
he's really bad at fire magic, but like he's also really good. <laughs> like he's really powerful, but he's also really bad at it. So like he'll accidentally set himself on fire all the time. Uh, and like, <laughs> and like, he'll try to do some fire magic, and like, we did a kind of um, chaos thing where like, if I messed up, it was kind of like um, wild, wild magic. magic sorcerer. Yeah, but it's centered around him with and his fire spells and stuff. Okay. Uh, and basically, if it failed, like the spell still went off, but it also did something else. <laughs> so like i did cast fireball centered on yourself yeah i did uh like i used prestidigitation to make a shower of sparks at an entrance for myself mm-hmm. and it was unlucky and so i i actually did i cast real sparks oh no and so they set the curtains oh, on fire no. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> oh man! <coughs> oh, it's really funny. What are some? Ooh, well, we can actually end the show off on that one, Battle Bard. That's a really good question. What are some character tropes you guys don't like? Is this a controversial? It's it's uh, not controversial in my opinion. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um character tropes that I don't like. I think we can both agree on the, the lone wolf. The oh, hood. the moody rogue. Yeah, the hood. Or, or I stand in the corner guy. Or like, yeah. you know, the, the Aragorn, you know, hood up sitting in a corner. I'm dark and I'm important Whoa. and have the answers. Aragorn. Aragorn is a great player and a team player. Well, you saw him when he you're got t- introduced, You're talking right? about Strider. <laughs> Strider? <laughs> Who's Aragorn's pseudonym and uh, like alter ego? Yeah, absolutely. The Mary Sue, the uh, the the what's it called? Um, main character syndrome. Yeah, main character syndrome where they have to make an entrance uh, and and all of that. I mean, I don't dislike a character that wants to make an entrance because that can be fun. Like you had mentioned with your fire mage. And if, you know, they don't try to make the entire game about them, then yeah, having a character that is very over the top and tries to do that very almost like not not Disney Pixar DreamWorks style, like funny charisma. That can be yeah. fun. I can enjoy that. It can. But the very it's you know, the broody characters, yeah, the dark broody ones um, who always want to go off on their own, you know. My mother was mauled by a bear and my father was chewed to death by a hamster and I've never recovered and I hate anything that has fur and four legs. We, uh, um, I heard a funny story about uh, a bunch of players that were making characters and didn't talk about it, like Mm -hmm. talk to each other about what characters they were creating. So they got to game day and every single one of them was the moody loner. And so they introduced their characters, and it was like, I sit alone in a corner with my hood pulled low. I sit alone in a corner with my hood pulled low. And they got to the fourth guy's like, or the fifth person, they're like, I sit alone in a corner. It's like, well, all the corners are taken up by the other moody motherfuckers. (laughs) You're going to have to find a different place to stand. This bar only has four corners in it. Uh, What are some other other tropes (laughs) that you're not a big fan of? I think Uh, I have to say... The person or the character that is either a cleric or a paladin and takes their character's like religious belief a little too far. Like they make Uh, everything, every single thing their character does is like, my God, this, my God, this. And it's like, make your character do something for themselves sometimes. Lawful dumb, you mean? Yeah. There's chaotic stupid and there's lawful dumb. Yeah. Uh, The two hardest alignments to play properly do to play properly is lawful good and chaotic, chaotic evil neutral. yeah or just chaotic, chaotic neutral in my opinion because chaotic neutral is insane okay people, people <laughs> treat chaotic neutral as chaotic evil a lot of the times yeah they it's an excuse to do whatever you want so thanlin yeah. was chaotic neutral and he was 
I had to like check myself all the time yeah. because I, you know, he's not just going to go in and fucking murder everybody. Yeah, <laughs> like, he, he has a goal. Yeah. It doesn't matter if that goal is good or evil to him. It's like he has a, something that he wants to get done and he's going to do it in the most efficient way possible. And boy, did he. Yeah. That's what that's what chaotic neutral is to me. It's like I have a plan. You know, I have a goal. I don't care how I get there, but I'm finishing that. Yeah. Um let's see. Let's see if we can get uh, one more the, less than stellar character trope. The uh the Silent boring fighter. fighter. Oh, we the boring fighter. Yeah, we both thought of it at the same time. Mm-hmm. The boring fighter. The fighter is the silent good, fighter. And that's all. Like, um, even if you don't have high charisma, you can still RP. You can still yeah, have well, a great time talking to NPCs and the other player characters. It just means your character isn't that great at lying or getting people well, to do and, things. And I feel like the, the fighter is the most looked over class. I love of, a, I love playing a good fighter. Me too. I mean, fighters can make or break an entire, like a good fighter can can make an entire party. They can lead the party to victory. Oh, that's another one. The bards who try to fuck everyone. Horny bards. Bro, that's how you get murdered. Yeah. Yeah, that's another one that I don't... Uh, I don't enjoy because not every bard is trying to sex everybody. Charisma has nothing to do with sexy times. Yeah. It, can, it can, but that's not all it yeah. is. There is an acceptable How... level of horny. Yeah. Well, and think of think of some of the most charismatic people you can think of. Uh, one that comes to mind almost immediately is President Barack Obama. That is one charismatic motherfucker. Yeah, that's what and you he think was... of when you think of charisma. And like, yeah, like a lot of really good charismatic characters in D&D just avoid those encounters entirely. Yeah. Yeah, they, you know, there's not much to be had by it uh, usually. And to be honest, um, it can make players or the DM uncomfortable. Super uncomfortable. Uh, it's something that like Super if you're going to if you want to have a romantic relationship with an NPC or something like that you need to talk to the DM and the other players about it make sure everybody's comfortable i mean um remember at our last home game sam yeah uh where our paladin like fell in love with the song dragon and like they got married and stuff and yeah. all these things and he and I had to RP out getting married and, and that was fun for everyone yeah I was very uncomfortable but then I was like for a second and then I was like fuck it and dove right into it because who gives a shit um <laughs> he didn't make it he didn't make it weird no he did not but there are definitely some cringy cringy people out there we're just building to that to the that guy episode yeah um we've got another like three weeks of just teasing everyone with the that guy episode episode, and i expect everyone to be here for the that guy episode because it's gonna be a doozy oh yeah i'm out of tea um (laughs) that's okay i've got a pot downstairs there we go Um, we've got time for about one more one more question or something before we go ahead and call it a wrap on this one so if anyone has last minute little things I have a question for you do you well I'm more than happy to answer it what is the goofiest character you have ever created the goofiest character I have ever played was probably what what the hell was his name what what he was a goliath fighter that attacked only with grapples I remember he he maxed out (laughs) I ended up playing him and he maxed out athletics so that he could grab someone it was Melvin Bear Tosser. That's what it was. Melvin Bear Tosser. And he was a circus guy. And his act I was remember. he would grab a bear, jump up, and pile drive it. <laughs> that was his circus act. Was pile driving bears. I love and I remember, it. I don't remember how I think I just had a couple of things to drink one night, and I'm like, hmm, big man bear. 
And that uh, was I, that was the entire thought process for that character. I have I have two. Right. I have um I have click click boom. Yeah. Which uh was my uh oh my gosh. The uh crow people. Um Kinku? Kinku. It was my Kinku gunslinger. Uh click click boom. And that's he literally made the sound of a hammer coming back and the sound of a gunshot as as his name. Mm-hmm. Uh and that was really fun to play because you had to do mimicry every time you were trying to communicate with your friends. Yeah. Which and it was fun. fun. I had I had a I had a soundboard that I was using <laughs> to try to communicate. And in the end, like <laughs> it was fun. It's fun. And then I think I brought it to um I brought I named him something else, Kapow or something like that, and brought it to a game that I played with you, I think. I think so. Uh at at our friend Josh's house. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kinda twisted him around and did a different a different set of stuff, but originally I had like a little soundboard thing that I could I was doing different sounds with. Uh, that was a goofy one. He would he would get impatient and start making like um, clock noises and stuff, and everybody would go Sh- shut up, tick tick, <laughs> click click, <laughs> shut up, tick tock. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he and he go <laughs> <laughs> um, one hell of an alarm clock. Yeah, um, and then uh, Battle Bard was there for this one. This is actually outside of D and D, but it's it's D and D adjacent. Um, it's called Goblin Quest, and I made Boblin Kaboblin the Goblin. Oh God, I think I remember you telling me about this. Yeah, <laughs> you're supposed to make a, a a goblin clan, um, and they were a clan of goblin cooks, and they were terrible. Uh, they were awful cooks, and so you're supposed to make five of them, and I made uh, Boblin, Moblin, Roblin, uh, Loblin, and. <laughs> and Rorden Gamzee, <laughs> who was a human that got adopted by the Kaboblin clan and was an actual chef. <laughs> just like a dude. He was my final life. Yeah, it was. They, they acted like lives because they could just like die for any reason. Yeah, um, goblins are thoroughly expendable. That was fun. Yeah, that's uh, Battle Bard led us through that one. Oh, that was geez. fun. Yeah. Oh geez, he's typing right now. I know he's. Oh, I know. Oh boy. Goblin Quest is a blast, and I highly recommend. Yeah, it really is. If you're looking for a good one-shot RPG, that's a little silly. Look up Honey Heist. It I have seen fun. Honey Heist. It is very fun. Very silly. Oh man. But I believe that just about wraps it us wraps it up for us, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, yes. Mike. Uh, Could you plug your pluggables? Plug your pluggables. Uh, you can find me at Canis on Instagram. That's my personal. And then you can find us at, at tpk.games on Instagram. You can also find us at patreon.com slash tpkg. I couldn't do the long drawn out G this time because my yeah. throat hurts. Throat no <sighs> good. Throat no good. Throat not work no more. Mm. Uh, throat not supposed to work like that. You can also find us right here uh, at the Brutal Critical Community server on Discord every Tuesday at 7.30, rain or shine, in sickness or in health, obviously. Yeah. Because I feel like a dumpster fire. We have both been sick on the podcast now. That's great. Yep. But hey, dedication. There you go. Um, And then, uh, uh, yeah, that's it. I think that's all my pluggables, right? Yeah. Yeah. Where can they find you? Ooh, well, you can find me on Instagram at Authorized Entry. I post pictures there every so often. And I believe that in about a month or so, we at Brutal Critical are going to be doing a Q&A. Yeah, so we are. Live guys, Q&A. Yes, we are. So we're going to make a separate text channel for you guys in the community Discord to go mm-hmm. ahead and submit your question. If you can't make it over to the Discord for some reason, uh, you can go ahead and DM the <coughs> TPK Games uh, Instagram 
Yes. And that way we can collect them over there as well. Yes. Uh, for all of you on the Patreon, guys, Patreon supporters, uh, I'm going to post a link on the Patreon page so that you guys can just click on that. It makes it easy for you. Yeah. Patreon gets it easier. Yeah, uh, that's true. So if you're not on the Patreon, I mean, yeah, you, have like you should head step, over there. But you should still yeah. head over there. You should head over there. Because you get to watch a bunch of extra content. You get to see the Wild Boar Inn. It's a show after yeah. the show where we talk about the campaign and how Mike makes us hurt inside. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and we'll also be posting character portraits. Ooh, yes. Uh, that are getting done uh, as we speak. And also, when it's done, the animated intro for our campaign and for Brutal Critical kind of as a whole right yeah. now. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to make one of these. If these guys are awesome, which I think they are, I've seen some of their work. Um, uh, we're going to do one from them each season. We're going to do one for every every set of characters that we have. So that'd be really cool. And we'll post all that up on the Patreon so you guys can see Ooh. it. Oh, right. yeah. Okay, Square's excited. It's like an anime intro, too. It's going to be awesome. Indeed, because we all are <laughs> kind of weebs. Giant so we hope, weebs. We hope that you guys enjoy. And it's going to be great. Yeah. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so, so very much for coming out and listening. I could do this. I can do this. You can do this. All right. Remember to take care of yourselves. And as always, keep on rolling. We'll see y'all next week. Bye-bye. I did it. You did it. Bye. Players are carefree, invested in story. Lines without rhyme or reason, unresolving. Should I be stealing right from their theory? Crafting a world, am I just being lazy? Sometimes the deadline... I tend to misjudge Encounters are fine If I make them up